Today we want to talk about the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church, the born-again believer. Every believer in the whole world is in this body. And the purpose of the body is to maintain what Jesus did on the cross. Because it says that we are made in his image, in likeness, and that we have all authority on this earth. So as the body, we're going to find out today what it is and how it operates. So as a member of the body of Christ, we are sons and daughters and we are soldiers. In other words, we're here to maintain what Jesus did on that cross, to keep Satan from ruling this earth. So not only positionally do we know who we are, but we are also the attacking force. Because who are we? Again, we're the sons and daughters of God. He says and we do. So we are also like Soldiers, so what do we do? The Bible says that the violent will take it by force. Well, the enemy tries to be violent, but we have to be more violent. In other words, you, talking to Satan, you have no authority here, go. And it's like a dog. If you tell him not to do something, of course he's not going to do it unless you yell at him. So we gotta got to get violent. So being a soldier is to bring the gospel, but also to bring a harmony and a reconciliation the circumstances that create. In other words, Jesus spoke, or I mean, the Father spoke and he created the earth. He's given us that ability right now. That The words that are in the Bible that he spoke, we can say the same thing that he said and get the same results. The body of Christ is the power of God. So God has been taking people out of fallen mankind in all nations and all conditions and uniting them to Christ by a living faith. So that means every country in the world, this body of Christ is made up. And we're all soldiers within our own country, our own cities, so in a, in a way, then, the city you're in is, you're a, an evangelist. You go out and tell everybody who Jesus is. Because he says that we're supposed to subdue the earth. Multiply. How are we going to multiply? We keep getting people born again all the time. So by the, the action of his spirit... He is forming his masterpiece. In other words, his church is being built not only one person at a time, but also one scripture at a time. That's how he builds us up through scriptures. And then we assemble together as a body. That's what the church is, so that we can get what we know to what somebody else knows and somebody else knows. And then we wind up knowing the whole picture and we can go, like it said, out in force and get God's work done.
So the new man, the redeemed, the church, is the body of Christ. By new man is that the minute we are born again, we're brand new in Christ, and now we're a new member of the body. So in a way, then, us that are veterans need to take these new Christians and train them so that they can be fighting just like us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says, For the body, or for as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink in one spirit, for the body is not one member but many. So what's he trying to say here is that, let's just say there's 700 million Christians on this earth. We're individuals. We all have a different calling from God. But when we get together, we are one body. Because it's like if one person in this body doesn't do his part, it kind of slows the body down. So that's why we have to find out what our calling is and walk in it to the best of our ability. So a much neglected subject or neglected subject is the ministry of the body of Christ. How many people even know about it? We're talking about Certain churches don't talk about it, certain denominations. But it is important. Let's look at that word Christ. Why is it called the body of Christ? Because Christ means anointing. And what does anointing mean? Power. So it's a body of power, godly, spiritual power. So we're called Christians, which means we're powerful people so if a Christian is there you should see miracles happen right so the body of Christ and the church are names used to describe the same thing so that church is not a building like I said they're spread all over the world what makes us one is we have the same covenant and in that covenant we have the same promises so that we, in a, putting it bluntly, we have our marching orders right in that Bible. No matter what country you're in, you know what you got to do. And they speak of the invisible. Many member the church body that represents the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth in this age of grace. In other words, what is grace? That's the new covenant that Jesus made after he died and rose into heaven. The Father and him walked in that blood, his blood that was on that cross and made this new covenant. But it says over there that the 
The church is invisible. We can't see it, but we know it because we're members of it. So whereas God intended only one body, man has developed numerous churches, in other words, denominations. God never intended for that to be. So each one holding on to something, some certain truth that they consider the whole. In other words, when we study the Bible, we get revelation knowledge. And some of these churches got one word of knowledge and they took it and made a denomination out of it. I'm not going to mention them, but I think you know which ones they are. It is of utmost importance that we have a correct understanding of the body of Christ. And that's what we want to talk about today. Because if we can understand what it is and what our part is, the enemy is going to be running stage left. So all that we are in the the body ministry and all the spiritual knowledge points to us the ministry of the body of Christ. So we're a ministry and that's what we go out and we minister to people's needs. You can look at any city in the world and there's thousands of needs that they have. The biggest one is being born again, but we can meet other needs also. So the body is the new man projected into many membered bodies. Again, that new man is the born-again believer. So we must see ourselves in this body in regard to our relationship. It says that we're supposed to love God with all our soul and mind and our neighbor as ourself. The members of the body are our real neighbors. It's not the guy sitting next door. So we also have a relationship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and with other believers of like precious faith. That's where we're called brothers, because if we're sons of God and daughters, we're brothers and sisters of each other. So in a way, Jesus is our brother then, right? So once you can incorporate into our thinking the above truths, we have a spiritual illumination that will strengthen us in trials, temptations, and weaknesses. Well, what does the Bible say? What you think is what you are. If you think that you're the flesh, you are not a, a member of the body. You are a spirit being. So we learn to draw strength from the body and we see a greater faith in action and it will not be just our faith. In other words, we, what does the Bible say? One to put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand, three hundred thousand. So what happens if you have a million? Well, you can't even think about what that number is at the end. But if we can act together, Every once in a while, one of the uh, people on TV, they will have a like a communion for the whole world. It's broadcast through 
satellite all over the world. Just think if we could do that. Because every country that is in the world is going through the same things we are. If we could broadcast something and get that strength of the body, every country in the world could be healed. So it will be our faith united with many others. And that's what the body is. It's united. We all think alike, act alike, talk alike, even though we don't even know each other. We will then acquire a greater knowledge to step into the meeting of human need. In other words, we now have God's need, which is getting people born again, but he also says that we're supposed to meet the human need. Like if you have a meal for somebody, but you're meeting that need, but what do we do? We go around to the people that are eating and witness to them and tell them about Jesus. Because that is our main goal. So we will do this with the realization that we are not doing this work on our own. But as a member of the great body of our Lord Jesus Christ. So even though you think you're alone, how many... We pray for other people, don't we? How many people are praying for us while we're out there doing God's work? People that we don't even know because God can put somebody in a foreign country to pray at a certain time because he knows we're going to be walking into danger. So meeting human need is not only bringing a soul to Christ, but to bring in it to real disciples. In other words, once they become members, I mean born again, they're now members of the body. And a disciple is somebody that needs to learn and grow. It's like be like a student. So God has only one way to touch this world. He And he chose the way of using us working together as a body. So we are his army his soldiers, and we go out and do what he's asking. We don't just go out for the sake of going out. Where does he want us to go? What does he want us to do? So there are three forces in the world, the Jewish, the Gentiles, and the people of the nations. So we're the Gentiles, and the people of the nations are the unsaved. So we, as the body of Christ, we're the royal priesthood, a holy nation, a Christian following God. So he's telling you right now, you're a priest, but you're a royal priest. So what does a priest do? He prays for people. And he's an intercessor. So these three forces are the main center of everything in the world as far as our the body of Christ is concerned. So the purpose of the gospel is to end result is to make one new man. This one new man is to be used for his purpose. The body of Christ. What do they call Jesus? He's the cornerstone of the church, right? He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. 
and we take our marching orders from him. So in the Gospels, the life of God is in Christ. It's nowhere else. And we're in him and he's in us. That's how the body can function. So God was not limited by being manifested in Jesus because he was obedient. He had an earthly body. Now, it was an earthly body, a perfect earthly body that got us into sin. Now it's an earthly body that they're going to die on the cross and rise again and get it back to the point where it was in the garden. So he could have willingly disobeyed like Adam did. He was human. He could have, but he didn't. He could have refused, but he didn't. And though he had the power to do it, just like we have the all power on this earth, he had it too. Because when he, when the power came down like a dove on him, he became just like us and he went out and did all those miracles after that, not before it. So his nature was different than our nature because he was had God's blood in him, but it never tasted of sin while our ours was fallen because of Adam. So it was the blood. If we had worldly blood, we were born into sin, but he had God's blood in him and he was not. That's the only difference. But now, because of what he did, even though we have Adam's blood, in our body, we are now a spirit being, so we don't live in Adam's blood anymore. So what, Je- what Jesus represented was God in the flesh in a person. Because even though we're a spirit being, we live in a fleshly body. But we're not, we're not of the flesh, we are the spirit. So when Jesus died and rose again, a whole new dimension had to take place. And what was it? First, there had to be a bridge between the gospel and the epistles. And I was, you say, well, what's that? The gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that was in the old covenant. The epistles from Paul were the new covenant. So what was in between? The cross. Jesus lived in the Old Covenant. We live in the New Covenant. So when we became born again, we became baptized into the body of Christ. Now this baptize, it's the baptism of death. In other words, he died. Baptism means that we're submersed. So when he died on that cross, we were submersed in him with sin. When he went down into hell, we went with him. And when he defeated death and the devil, sin was gone. So we rose into heaven with him. So we see in the epistles the forming of everything that Jesus was and is and will be. And that's what he did on this earth is now what we do on this earth. So God formed the body called the church which is the fullness 
that was Jesus. In other words, he's the head, he's God. So everything that's in that body is perfect. So none of us have everything that Jesus was, but the whole body of Christ put together will. In other words, we have everything that he is and was and will be. This is why God is constantly working to build the body of Christ. That's why we go out and get people born again, a new member of the body. It keeps growing. But I say before about in Genesis, it says, be fruitful. That's bringing in new people and multiply. It's not talking about children. It's talking about the body of Christ. Multiply it. It is the devil's job to stop the body of Christ until it is negative, having lost its way. In other words, he wants that body of Christ to get into negativity and lose its way. Well, it's not going to happen, but he keeps trying. The expression of God to the earth is through the church, the body of Christ collectively. In other words, it's that unity Put together, we will stay unified. And the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot come against the church. It's impossible. This is why the visible body is so important to God's plan. It would probably be a lot easier if we did it individually. In a way, he's calling each one of us to go and do our part, but each of our parts comes together as a whole. He could have a spot here and a spot there that really was moving with God, but he is not satisfied with that. He is going to have millions. We hope billions, but he is going to bring many sons to glory because he's working within us. Let's just stop there for a while. As a body of Christ, we have to know that he's in us. He's talking to us 24 hours a day. And when we go somewhere where he's telling us to go, he's right there with us. We're not there by ourselves. He's there with us. He gives us the power of the will. And that's called free choice. To choose how much of him we want in our life. And there's the key. Each one of us, look, we say, some of us are babes, some of us are full maturity. So we're not all going to be in the same place. So we got to help the new ones to make sure that they don't fall back into their old life. So we can choose to get just enough until we have a fire escape from hell. In other words, us four and no more. All we think about is our part. I'm going to make it, so whatever i got to do. But that's not what the church is. The church is give. Or we can be a vehicle that can flow through to reach the need of the hour in which we live. 
No, it's not us, it's others. So understand the two lives. That's what we want to know. The two lives determine everything. So we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we dwell in a body. So who are we? A spirit being. So let us each, or see each of these in the due dimension of the body of Christ. So let's look at the body first. Because we speak of the body of Christ as being invisible, and in the spiritual sense, it is true. However, the body is also invisible. In other words, we are the body of Christ, but we live in an earthly body. So there's, we got to separate it. The earthly body is not the body of Christ. Because in Hebrews 10.5, it says, Christ entered into the world, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but instead you have made ready a body for me. This is the body of Christ here. So why was it necessary for God to give Jesus a body? Now we're, now we're on the earthly body here. The mission of Christ in the world was first all to do the will of him that sent him. And in the process of accomplishing this, he would restore man to God. In other words, Adam was created just like us, spiritual being and living in a fleshly body. He walked with God in the spirit, just like we're walking with the spirit now. But it would have been impossible for Jesus to do this without an earthly body, just like Adam. So with this body, Jesus fulfilled God's plan. It was a an earthly body that a perfect earthly body that God is in sin. It's a perfect earthly body that gets us out of sin. So he performed the acts of God. He presented his body a sacrifice for the sins of the world. Doing so, he set the pattern for those who would follow after him. And that is us. He's the true son and we're adopted sons. But we have the same power that he has. Because Romans 12, 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, this is talking about the earthly body that we're living in. When we became born again, we died to our earthly body's desires. And that's what it's talking about here. Now, we're a spiritual being, but he says that We sacrificed, we gave it to him, and now we are wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. This is us now, because we got rid of that desire. So as Christ received the Holy Spirit, the church is receiving the Holy Spirit as on the day of Pentecost. Because when the Holy Spirit came in them, they went out on the street. 3,000 people were born again that first day. So as he performed the acts of God, being filled with the Spirit, so the church, his body, is doing right now. 
We all have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the power. We have the gifts. We got the fruit. So his physical body was crucified. So must the body of Christ being crucified. That's us getting rid of our fleshly desires. That's what we're crucifying here. So the only, or for only through crucifixion will his visible body receive his resurrection life. And it's the same with us. So as he was a light to the world, so must we be the light that is within the body of Christ himself. Because that light is now in us. So if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Even so must his visible body be lifted up. So his body is lifted up. It's in heaven. And as for we really live as a spirit being, we are in heaven. And we are his hands to guide others into the way. And we are his eyes to be ever awake to the evil one. So that's our goal right now, is to help others see the truth and not the evil. We are his feet to stand fast in one spirit. We are one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. So if we're one spirit with him, then we have one mind, which is, what does it say? We have the mind of Christ, which is the the words of the Bible. We, as members of his body, are ever available and expendable for the use in witnessing and ministering to the human needs of the world, which is except Jesus. So we are the tools in the Master's hand. Now let's look at the Spirit. In this body dwells a Spirit which is working with the Holy Spirit. In other words, we are not only the body of Christ, but we're a Spirit being, and that's how we go with God because we can only talk to God Spirit to Spirit. Our body, fleshly body, cannot talk to God. Our soul cannot talk to God. We, the Spirit, talk to Him. So, why is it there? We're talking about that body. He is there because He is our guide, our teacher, our comforter. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. This is His job now. We're here to minister to the world as a spirit being, and now he's living in us so that he can guide us, teach us, and comfort us so that we can go out and get our job done. So whom does he reveal to the body? None other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He's here to teach us who Christ is, what he did, and what our part in it is. So the spirit of the body is Christ and and we are created channels that he flows through. He's in us and he's operating through us. Like I said before, when we step out in his will, he's there. So this is a great 
truth of John 15 where the body of Christ is pictured as a vine and a branch. Jesus said he's the vine and we're the branch. So where do we get all our energy from is through him. He is the vine and we are the branch. That branch is what gives us the fruit. So what is the fruit? The results of what we're doing. We're witnessing the people. The fruit is the people being born again. So he is the life and we are the channels of which this life flows. And the fruit of the branch is the concentrated life of the vine. So as completely yielded branches or members of his body, we permit him access. Well, this is important because God gave us all authority on the earth. He took it away from him and the devil and gave it to us. So when we say the word, remember, the word was spoken by God so it can be written and it was written so that we could say it. So when we say his word, then we're giving him permission to do what we just said. And the fruit develops that Christ is flavored. In other words, what's the fruit? We want people to be born again. So that fruit then develops through him because he says, some plant, that's the first guy to talk to someone. Some watered, that's the next two or three guys that talk to that same person. But it says, Christ will bring in the increase. He's the one that gets the people born again. We're the ones that plant in the water. Oh, what we may have the spirit within our spiritual body, that his life may be manifested through us. His life not our life. So let's look at the soul. The soul is composed of the mind, the emotions, and the will. That's the heart. The heart makes up the choice. So when we get born again, it's the soul that cries out to God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. So then we then, God puts us, the spirit man, inside that body to train the soul. What we already learned, how do we as a spirit get our training? It's through the Holy Spirit. So as we are in the Word and the Holy Spirit is training us, He's also training our heart. So then we will know the same thing so that in the, the Scriptures that we know, the soul then will choose God. The scriptures we don't know, the soul will choose the flesh. So that means we got to study, 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 and the more spirit or scriptures we get in us, the more the soul is going to choose God. So it searches to find truths about the spiritual body. In other words, the soul now 
is crying out to God. So when it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, the soul is crying out. So then as a spirit being, we get into more scriptures and he grows. So let us be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What? Not not the mind of the soul, but the mind of Christ, which now is becoming the mind of Christ. You see what's going as the mind grows. It's learning more and more about God, and it's becoming known as the mind of Christ. So for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So the mind of the flesh now is learning and getting all the mind of Christ within it. So the will of the body must be the will of the Father. For Christ taught us to pray, Our Father art in heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we get that earthly mind into the mind of Christ, then we can do God's will on this earth by what? Saying the word. Remember, the word was written so that we could say it. So in Gethsemane, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This was Jesus said in the garden when the enemy was attacking him. So much that his sweat came out drops of blood. So it is when we have learned to yield fully to his will that our emotions will no longer motivate us downward. In other words, now the the heart is choosing more of God than the flesh and we are now getting to the point where God can trust us and give us a calling. So, for whosoever shall do the will of God is the same as my brother. We are the body of Christ. We are now brothers together working for the same cause. So the purpose of this body is that it to be channeled for the accomplishment of his will for man. What is his will? That we all be born again in that body of Christ. So from the beginning, it has been his will to manifest his image on man. Because when man fell in sin and was lost, God did not cease from his purpose, but pledged his full fulfillment. In other words, in the beginning, God made that covenant. He can't break it. So when man fell, he had to live within that covenant. And he will present man faultless before the presence of his glory. In other words, man fell, Jesus died, rose again, and now he presented us faultless before God because every sin that we committed, past, present, and future, has been taken care of. So to God we're perfect. So Christ came into the world and manifested in a human body the perfect image and glory of God for the purpose of carrying out his 
will. His will. So after his sacrificial work through which he cleansed and justified all who believe in him, he penetrated the heavens to enter the presence of the God's holiness and glory in that same human body raised from death. So the acceptable sacrifice, that's Jesus, sat down at the right hand of God in a place of absolute authority and power. He penetrated heaven. And now where are we sitting? He's at the right hand of God with power. We're sitting at his right hand with power. So the image and likeness of God is no longer on the earth in visible form, but has received into glory. In other words, you can't see it, but we are it. We know it and we operate in it. So as a consequence of that triumph, the Holy Spirit was sent down in Christ. Another body came into existence in the body of Christ. In other words, he sent, he died for us. He rose. He sent the Holy Spirit down to take his place, to be in us, to guide us, to direct us, so that we not there fighting our own battles. He's there to fight for us. So in which Christ continues to draw through the spirit which he carried on his work of likeness, to love, to holiness, to wisdom, to power, and to glory. That's who he is, and now he's in us, and that's what we are. So God dealt with only those two men, then, Adam and Christ, Jesus. Because in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The natural man receives the things of the Spirit of God, or does not receive, for they are foolish unto him, neither can he know them, because they are not spiritually discerned. That's why the flesh cannot do anything. He put us in that fleshly body, because now we can talk to him spirit to spirit. The one body spiritual is represented by his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the other body natural is represented by Adam, his first formed man. The earthly body was not created, it was formed. The spiritual body was created, and that's us. So the great eternal message of God's plan teaches us that we are part of his body, and being in Christ means we are members of his body. You're in it. Whether you want it or not, it's automatic. So when the miracle of regeneration takes place, the Holy Spirit takes the sinner out of Adam and places in Christ as the believer in the Son of God. That's what happened on that cross. We are no longer a sinner. We are now a believer. We're a saint. These in Christ receive everlasting life. And what is everlasting life? That means the minute we're born again, we are forever with him. 
If our body dies, we go to heaven and live with him forever. This is why God has placed all believers into one body. The only life ever on this earth that could withstand sickness, Satan, and death was Christ. So now we are in the body of Christ. So this does not affect us anymore. The sickness, the Satan, the death, they can't touch us. There was no way God could have given man power within themselves to withstand and counteract Satan's wiles. What happens if he gave that power to the fleshly body? Satan would now have power over everything. He didn't give it to the body. He gave it to the spirit. God could not give this power to individual man and still be justified From the beginning, he planned to deal only with Adam and Christ so that in the end, it is clear that those in Adam are dead and his perfect sinless sacrifice would justify his restoring lost men completely. And that's through us, the spirit being. So in making Christ the body into which men are placed as members, and that's in 1 Colossians or Corinthians 12, the Father planned that all of the glory should be given to Christ and none to men. The fleshly man had no power whatsoever, and that's why Christ came. We were created as a spirit being, and now we are the ones that are out there doing his work. Because we shall we share totally in Christ. Life and power. The body is one member, but has many in one body of Christ. So, there's 700 million born-again people. We are many, but we are one body. In other words, we think alike, act alike, talk alike. So, the greater testimony of Christ comes from the whole body and not individual members. So, how... Careful we must be not to destroy the works of another member. In other words, we, like a prophet is almost different than a pastor teacher, but they all have the functions. So the church has lifted up individuals of the proportion to the whole body and thus weaken the work. In other words, there is no weakness if we stick together and we do what he says. So no one member can do what a dedicated body of believer can do. We are dedicated to him, and we do what we're told. So there is more power in unity then, isn't there? And only spirits, the born-again believer, can become a member of the body of Christ, and that we have to remember. Remember?